Do you want to actually set up an anchor for your entire audience? Mm. And what's the anchor of? Well, just like the examples I gave you, the anchor should be all examples of a positive emotional state. Hello, and welcome to the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. This is the podcast where you learn how to become a million-dollar speaker, reach millions of people, and make millions doing it. Hi, I'm R.V. Robinson. I'm the master speaker trainer, international speaker, and author of Speak Up, Get Clients. I'm your host for the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. And I am so excited today because I have a very, very dear friend of mine and fellow speaker, Matt Brawny. So my guest again is the master trainer of NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, and the host of the top charting, top charting podcast, The Driven Entrepreneur, and speaking of getting booked, Matt Browning is a seminar leader, a TEDx speaker, and a media personality appearing on TV on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. Matt helps driven entrepreneurs and speakers grow their businesses by becoming the lending voice in, or excuse me, the leading voice in their industry, and not just another expert. He does this through the power, subconscious, communication, storytelling, and connection. He is also an avid motorcycle rider, church leader, and rock climber. And today, Matt is here to present NLP Speaker Secrets for Audience Connection and Influence. So let's bring to the stage my dear friend, Matt Ronnie. Woo! All right. Hi, Matt. Hey, Hi. how are you, RV? Great to I, see you. I'm good. Good to see you. I'm so excited to have you here on this show today. So first question I ask all of my guests, and I know you've got a brilliant answer for this, and that is, what do you think the characteristics are that make a million-dollar speaker? You know, I got to say first, I love the question that it's not a successful speaker or a whatever it is. A million dollar speaker is different than someone who speaks, right? Right. To me, million dollar speaker, a couple things. Number one uh, is on time, always to every speaking gig, early communication, just, you know, knowing that you're someone they can count on. Number two is flexibility. Because I thought about this while I was in your green room flexibility uh, is incredibly important. How many times have we had as a speaker, you know, a schedule changes, uh, your time gets delayed. Can mm. you go the day earlier? Can you go the day later? Can you go after lunch instead? And I've watched for my own events and events I've been speaking at watching other speakers just lose their minds when right. something changes. And you know what happens? Number one, like everyone's not having that good of a time. So that's not great, right? Your sales are down. But more importantly, it's like they are probably not going to come back. All right. So for me, the biggest characteristic is flexibility. Be nice. You know, don't demand the green jelly beans in your, in your dressing room, <laughs> right? And be someone they can count on. 
Right. I so agree with that because it's hard enough for the organizer to, you know, get all the speakers lined up and have everything work right and the audience. And then, you know, they're only going to ask you as a speaker because they need to. They need your help. They need your support. And so when speakers have attitude, I know for me personally as an organizer, I don't invite them back. I mean, you know, it's too hard to work with. So very good point. And you're right. A million dollar speaker is smooth, happy, and they will go with the flow. They are so confident in their information that it doesn't matter. It's just nice. I mean, like you don't have to look any further than The Rock. You know, he's probably the most famous speaker, media personality in the entire world right now. And nobody doesn't like The Rock. He's nice. And you can tell he shows up on set. If they said, hey, we need you to go over here, he'll probably say, oh, no problem. And he'll smile and he'll do the job and he'll do a great job and smile the whole time, you know? That's a good example. And so people want to work with him. And then what? He becomes more famous. And that's why he stopped today. So excellent. if only he could be more famous. <laughs> yeah, if only he could be more famous. Uh, excellent. All right. So, Matt, I know, you know, you you and I, we we go way back uh, many, many years. I don't even know how many now, over 10, right? At over least. 10 or yeah. 20 years. And I know when I first met you, I was invited to take one of your classes, your NLP classes. And I know you're the master in NLP, just like I'm the master in public speaking. But, you know, without getting into all of that, as it relates to a speaker, I know you have a technique and I want to hear your story and how you got in it, but I just want to give the goods. I know you have this technique on stage called anchoring. So if you'll please explain it, tell us how to do it as a speaker and what it does for us. Oh, let, let's, you know what? I love jumping into the goods. That's the best way to start for sure. Um, so NLP is just an acronym that means Neuro Linguistic Programming, if you've never heard of that before. And it's just a fancy way to say understanding the language of our minds. And it's been a study since the early 70s. I've been teaching it for coming up on 20 years now. Mm. Um, pretty incredible s- system of understanding. And if you understand how the language of the mind works, as a speaker, I don't think there's anything more important than that. When you take the stage, you're not performing for an audience. You are communicating and engaging in an entire group's mind language. How are our brains thinking? What pictures are they making in their minds? And then how can you influence that in a positive way for a better experience for everyone? So whether it's, again, for selling or for teaching your content or for connecting for inspiration, motivation, whatever your your, uh, goal is for your speaking, it's all about influencing the language of the mind of the people watching and listening, right? So you asked about anchoring and anchoring is, is a really, really fun technique that we use in the NLP world one-on-one. You've all been anchored before, whether you know it or not, when you hear a song on the radio and it totally takes you back and you're falling (laughs) in love or, or breaking up, or you smell that perfume and you're back on grandma's knee in the farm, you know, (laughs) right. And those are all anchors and Mm -hmm. you can have an anchor. That's a smell anchor an anchor. That's an auditory sound anchor, like the music you can have a touch, right? Maybe a certain kind of embrace or, you know, your dad used to touch you on the shoulder and, and, and look at you in the eye. And it just, it, it triggers that feeling or emotion. Mm-hmm. Where we use that in speaking is you want to actually set up an anchor for your entire audience. Mm. And what's the anchor of? Well, just like the examples I gave you, the anchor should be all examples of a positive emotional state. So what kind of emotional state? That's where you start with anchoring. What, what state would you want your audience to feel And then would you like to be able to have them come back there easy later on in your presentation? That's the basis of anchoring RV. 
Right. That's the purpose of it. So what are some emotions that, that you and I would love an audience to feel, for instance? Well, I would want that? them to feel loved and, mm-hmm. and taken care of. You know, I'm all about building rapport with your audience, even before you deliver the content. So, so I that's a great one. To- Let's start with that. Yeah, let's start. You want with that. The, you, uh, so you want your audience to really feel like they're loved and taken care of, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's a good thing because as a trainer, you do love and take care of your audience. True. But isn't it interesting that somebody feeling that you love them and you actually loving them can be two different things, fair? Fair. Right? <laughs> Anyone you've ever been in a relationship, you know that's true because <laughs> I can say I love you, but maybe they don't feel that in that moment. So right. it's really about connecting what your intention is with the actual feelings on the ground that the audience is experiencing. So mm. the, the easiest way to do that, and again, in a very positive, very uh, positive intention, influential way, that's what we're talking about, right? Just want to po- put that out there. We're not talking about manipulating people into feeling no. fake feelings, nothing like that. Right. This is about you know bringing an audience to feel something good that they want to feel, and then anchoring that in time so that you can come back to that feeling together later on. So the easiest way to do that, and you might already know this, is through stories. So what I would do is I would come up with a great story or metaphor I can share from stage about a time that I, or someone I love, but mostly I probably, was feeling really loved and taken care of. Okay. So, you know, what story comes to mind? Maybe it's Christmas morning as a kid. Maybe it's a time when, you know, here's a great one. I'll tell you, I'm just making this up on the spot, but I think this is the story I would tell. I'm nine years old going to um, burn survivor camp because I burned my hand when I was a little baby and had many oh. skin grafts and surgeries over time. Mm. What nine years old, I got invited to go to this burn survivor camp for kids. And I was scared. I'm nine. I'm away from home for the first time for a right. week. Um, I don't know anybody there. And all of a sudden, you know, one of our camp counselors who was a fireman and also a burn survivor, he came over and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he could tell I was feeling a little scared. And he just looked at me and said, hey, we got you. We got you. You're going to be okay. And as I, as I remember that moment, if what if I tell that story from stage like we just did? I already I felt the love. Them, yes. Right? And mm-hmm. now I'm sharing a story of me feeling loved and taken care of in a moment where I was maybe a little uncertain. And shockingly, your audience might come into a new seminar. They might not know what to expect. Maybe they paid a certain amount of money and they're, you know, they're wondering things and they don't know you yet. So I'd start with that story and now everybody feels the feeling. And then the anchoring comes in by telling that story on a particular area of your stage. And this is what's important is for recall. So maybe I go to a corner of the stage or maybe I'll I'll sometimes, RV, you've seen me do this. I'll even come and like drag a bar stool over and like sit on it in a certain area or go sit on the edge of the stage and just kind of share the story. And then I finish the story and I get up and I continue on with the training. Well, if later on, I want them to really trust me and feel loved and, and, and supported by me, maybe I'm explaining a program about being part of my community, my tribe, and I really want everyone to know and feel that feeling of love and support, I might just walk back over to that same area stage and then talk about the program from there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so if you were sitting on the corner of the stage, you would go back and sit down. You walk right back over and sit back down and say, you know, I've had a great time with you today. And I just want to chat with you a little more about how we can continue, you know, our conversation, let's say. I love it. And being part of the tribe. It'll bring back the feeling just like that song on the radio brings Mm -hmm. back the feeling of falling in love. That's a crash course in anchoring. (laughs) You know, I'm telling you, that is a million dollar idea right there. That's a million dollar speaking technique. So anybody listening right now, I want you to try it. Now, in a few minutes, I want to ask you more about 
how you got into NLP uh, for all of our listeners, but I'm coming back to say, okay, Matt, how do you anchor in the visual, in the virtual world? Right. Oh, so we're coming back question. to that. We're coming back to that. I'll, so make, a note. I'll make a note. Right. Stay tuned. But right tuned. now you truly are the master in NLP in your field. Tell us that you've been doing it 20 years. Tell us a little bit about how you first got into it, what you love about it and where you're going, because I know even you've transformed and you're, you know, you've taken it in a whole new direction. So tell us a little bit more about you and NLP. How about this? I'm sitting in my friend's trailer because I'm homeless. Homeless? Which I was making this up, but I'm not. I'm sitting okay. in my friend's trailer. I'm homeless and I'm hungry. So I leave the trailer and I go to this, this house. Nobody's home. And I break in the back door. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I go into the kitchen and I look around and I found a few extra boxes of Easy Mac. Have you heard of that? The Easy Mac is like the yes, fake I, macaroni and I, fake cheese-like substance I, in it. <laughs> it's horrendous stuff. But I found that and that's all there was. So I, I took the Easy Mac. And I, I, I went back out. I shut the door and I turned around and I looked at my house that was foreclosing that I'd never come back to again. I went back to my trailer with no hot water, no hot gas. I realized how the heck am I going to make pasta? And I open up the box. I take the hard pasta. I take the cheese like substance with some cold water. I mix it up. And I don't know why to this day I did this unless it was so I would never forget the feeling. But I took a big crunchy spoonful of Easy Mac. Oh, God. And that's the day that I said I am never going back here again. I have to make this speaking thing work. I've been trying for two years at this point to become a life coach. And I never made more than $900 in the entire two years doing it because mm. I didn't know how to find clients. I just thought if I was good and if I cared, they would all knock down the doors. Well, I went to work on, on an email and one, and that night, ding, get an email back. And it's from someone in Australia that I met through Tony Robbins. He was running a seminar and said, no problem, Matt. I like you, and I think we can test you out as a speaker at our upcoming event with 400 people in wow. Melbourne, Australia. Like, oh How gosh, are you going to get it. there? Well, that's the thing. So I scraped, borrowed, begged, didn't steal, but begged and borrowed and got the money for a one-way plane ticket to get to Australia. I show up on the ground with no credit. Um, I have no money in the bank. I'm negative in both accounts. I, this sounds like a movie, but this was my life. And I had $40 cash in my pocket, Australian, and nowhere to sleep. Well, I show up there and the crazy thing, RV, was there's four days of this uh, mindset wealth seminar. <laughs> I'm an American who's dead broke, but I'm the NLP guy and I'm figuring out a way and I'm scratching and clawing in that part of my life. And I need to tell people how to get wealthy, apparently. So I go on on day four after 22 other speakers. Wow. Every one of them, and you'll appreciate this, was selling. They all sold anything from $2,000 to some were selling $12,000 packages in an hour and 90 minutes. And I, I'd spoken like to three people and six people, including my parents, you know, a couple of times. Did I'd you have a package? I made one. I made a package on the plane. 
Awesome. Okay, good. I made a package on the plane. It was a long flight all the way to Melbourne. So <laughs> I had to figure it out. And I learned NLP. And I, at that point, I was an NLP trainer, but I'd never put on any trainings yet. Mm. Never had the opportunity. I thought, you know what? Now's the time. If not now, then when, they say, right? Right. So I decided to, to put on a training. I scheduled it for after the event. And then I offered my training at the end of the event for 400 people. And from that one talk, I made $58,000 in sales. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> how, and that was how the last we... moment that I ever, that I ever was destitute as wow. a speaker, something changed. And you know, that feeling when you know that, you know, you know, changed. you know, so how much was it that you sold it for? How much was the price? Was it a $2,000 or four ninety? No, it, it was uh, $4,500. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. Now that's a big leap from being broke and just stepping out and saying, you know what, I'm going to do this. Now, do you suppose that maybe the four days listening to the other speakers talk about mindset helped you in some way? It's quite right? possible. Quite I think possible. Uh, it, it pushed me out of my fear because you know what happened? The very first, there's three other mindset speakers, RV. And the first yeah. one came up and I thought, okay, I've been working on my talk. I know what it is. I have 75 minutes. I'm going to, I got to do this. And literally I have to do this because if I don't, I don't have cab fare to get back to the airport. I have a one-way <laughs> ticket. I can't get back home. I need to nail this. Right, right. <sighs> The very first speaker, who's he's actually a really good friend of mine and Craig, he uh, he went up and he said everything that I was going to say. I was going to talk about this is a long time ago. I was going to talk about Donald Trump and his mindset of bankruptcy oh, no. coming back. And he came up and said, "You know, Donald Trump knows about money." And I'm like, "No." And I was going to do this <laughs> other metaphor with these four circles that's been used before in the world. Tony Robbins has used it. Other people have used it. And I'm like, "That's my main meat and potatoes here." And then oh, no. and he said, "Now the four circles," and he started writing it out. And I'm just losing my mind because oh, no. they're doing, he wouldn't, didn't steal it from me. Right. But he's doing right. what I thought my talk was. So right, right. I had to make up a whole new talk, even on the spot, hanging out uh, with the, with their staff in the back room. I came up with a whole new presentation. Talk about being flexible. I had to, when you have to, you will. You had to. And you know what? Probably that new talk, because it was authentically you is what made you all that money. That's it. You know, it, it, was something oh, different. it resonated too. I remember because I was talking with the staff and I said, God, I don't know what I'm going to speak about, but somebody asked me what's NLP. And at the time, the, the movie, the matrix was still pretty brand new. You know, they did okay. the new one just now, but uh, they had a pretty brand new. So I, I said, well, have you ever seen the matrix? It's a lot like that where you have this reality, but then your brain is perceiving what, what it wants to perceive. And NLP is connecting the dots to reality <laughs> and what you think is reality. And I started just talking about Whoa. this. And yeah. I looked up two minutes later, RV, this is one of the coolest moments I had in a long time. I looked up and there was two staff and then three. And all of a sudden, the whole room, 20 people had stopped working and were turned and like listening. And I thought, I think I have something here. And then wow. I went on stage and I told that exact metaphor. And that's what made it work. Listen, adapt, change when you need to, right? I love it. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. So great story. So uh, can I go back, though, just real quick? Because I'm curious and I don't know if if this is an NLP technique, you know, where you, you know, because I know the story. But I got to go back to the house that you stole the the. I knew you would. I knew yeah, you would. I just, because you know, you've never heard me tell that story that way. It, I haven't. So I know I that's an open it. loop, but I need <laughs> I need to close the 